Welcome to the AK Strength Pod, Episode 1. My first guest is a three-time world record holder, the 2021 Clash of the Coast champion, 2021 America's Strongest Man in the 105 Kilo Division, and recently just became the world's strongest man in the 105 Kilo Division. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicholas Camby. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good, how about you? Uh, doing, doing well, of course, yeah, thanks for having me on. How are, how are things in Alaska? Uh, it is 30 below. Ooh, it is a little chilly. I was, it I is. Was yeah, I was complaining about 25 degrees in Boston, but it's, um, but yeah, 30 below is pretty, pretty chilly. Have you, did you grow up in Alaska? I did, yeah. My parents are actually from uh, Duxbury. Oh, really? Um, yeah, wow. so, small world. Yeah, yeah, that's like, of course, just south of me, and of course, uh, we, we, I, pl- I grew up playing uh, Ducks Bay and like various uh, sports, baseball, football, wrestling. So, yeah, my mom still has that like thick Boston accent. Yeah, con uh, yeah, wicked and all that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, of course, yeah. Thanks for came, of course, uh, bringing me on. I see that uh, looks like you're competing at uh, United States uh, Strongman Nationals coming up soon. Yeah. So of course, next year. I mean, I'm, I'm, of course, I've been asked. I might I have a few friends uh, competing in it, so I might jump. I might stop by and go um, and go watch or help out. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it'll be my uh, my first time competing in nationals. Um, God, I've been doing strongman. I think four years now, and uh, this will be my first time where I feel comfortable enough. Gonna go do it and just see what happens. Yeah, cool. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, of course, I was talking to uh, John Stacy the other day. He says, uh, what's up? Um, he says, uh, of course, Mike's a good dude. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm excited to chat with him. And of course, today being Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got me out of work early, so I'm okay with it. Really? <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. I guess like what, what got you into Strongman and uh, wanting to compete in this the sport? Sure. Um, even for, so for like a long time, um, I would always see like the world's strongest man on TV, um, especially like on like flights, like long flights uh, up and down from Florida. Um, always they're on like ESPN. And of course, yeah, we're like world's strongest man during the day. And then, of course, during the odd, odd holidays, even around Christmas time, you would see world's strongest man. I always thought that was so cool, fascinating. I always loved like the sumo wrestling, the, the over pressing and it's just like all the big movement event, events. But um, never knew uh, there was weight class strongmen until 2012, and that's when I got introduced to um, the sport. And, um, and I gave it a shot because I was like, oh, I, I wasn't aware of the course weight classes. Um, so originally, a bodybuilding coach kind of introduced me to um, the sport of strongman like a month in, into working with them. And then I decided to go that route compared to bodybuilding. Um, and then I've been competing since. So like my first year, I did two contests the second year, my second year in 2013, I did three contests, four contests in 2014 and so on. So I generally now compete five or six times, um, earned my pro card back in 2015. So, yeah, so I've been kind of, uh, yeah, I've been about nine sports or nine, sorry, nine years in the sport at this point. The two record breakers, uh, the same competition, was the block mm. and uh, log. How how difficult was that kind of going back to back? Um, I think the block was there no matter what. I could have a bad day, and I think I would have hit the block record. Um, 
so um, generally if it's in the same day, that's not too big of an issue. Um, more of the, the, the big piece was the just training for the log uh, press because that doesn't necessarily come as natural as another, like an axle press where I broke earlier in the year. So I really had to train at that log record. Um, but it, that was, um, yeah, I d definitely took everything that day to really hit it. But uh, I'm glad I pulled it out. But yeah, the, doing the block, um, I might maybe hit a little more if I, maybe let's just say we did the block first rather than the log, but um, still I thought the result of 312 was uh, pretty solid given the circumstances of that day. Uh, is there any other records that you're kind of looking to break in the future or, or what? Uh, so there's the uh, circus dumbbell record, which is uh, I think pretty neat. Um, but I'm at the point where I don't think I want to chase too many records i did like at least next year they focus on next year is more focusing on just the all the competitions i did maybe plus one or two more so just doing more of the bigger titles um but circus dumbbell would be the kind of like the next in terms of like the pressing evolution so i hope that there's like a max circus dumbbell in one of those competitions maybe in the next year or two um and that would be an interesting one because there's some pretty good over uh international competitors that do um to have a really good circus dumbbell. So I think um, like even if I did establish a record that could be beat. So like there's, I think there's an individual out of Russia. Um, his name is uh, David and he, I think he hit 150 kilos and he weighs anywhere between like 250, 260 up in the off season, but he's pretty strong, but that's uh, 150 kilos or 330 pounds is as good as um, the heavyweight pros. I think that's the, I think that's close to the heavyweight record. Um, so so I, I think I could maybe establish a good American record, but it really depends if David wants to cut weight and, and establish that record too. So, um, but yeah, Circus Dumbbell will probably be the next evolution, but again, that's going to be com competitive compared to the other three um, implements. You just got done competing in Russia earlier this year, Yeah, so this yeah, year, that, right? yeah, yeah. That, that was in June. Yeah, so that was my first trip. And we went up to uh, Mormansk or um, uh, the actual – city that we competed or the little town we competed in was um terry becca and that was like inside the arctic circle or the whole province is inside the um, arctic circle so that was that was pretty neat but that was a good time uh, great hospitality great food a lot of like elk deer um reindeer that, that they served um and of course a lot of great seafood there so that was that was a fun trip yeah i mean the one thing i noticed really was that you were wearing a patriots short i'm not, not, a, bit, not a patriots fan yeah of course it's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. They, of course, they have a um, they have a thing about winning, and, um, and of course, just being a kind of championship and kind of moving on to like the next um, next kind of challenge. So, yeah, I, of course, I grew up watching Tom. I was 11 when he won this first Super Bowl, so of course, I've been um, pretty much either from like a young or like a, I would say an older kid to a adult watching Tom Brady so I feel like I got to continue the Boston excellence so yeah I, I did the of course the Patriots but um I was I was talking to like Anthony um and just in general like kind of my um thoughts about like titles and you could say like which one is your favorite title and I'll give you the Tom Brady answer which is like the next title so that's I don't know the yeah, Patri Patriots, Bill Belichick, even like the Red Sox and Celtics are big uh, influences on me. Uh, the first football game I ever saw on TV was Dolphins versus Patriots in 1995. Oh, really? And sadly, I became a Dolphins fan and I missed out on what it feels like to be a winner uh, my entire life in the sport of football. 
No, there's, so. there's no, uh, there's no pro, <laughs> pro teams in Alaska. You can... No, there was a, uh, we had an arena football team for a while. Um, and I played for them, but I mean, most people in Alaska are all about Seattle, um, or the California teams. Yeah. It's, yeah. I would say it's been tough for the dolphins. I know. I thought they were, we'll see they're, they're rowing back right now. So they, they could creep in for a wild card spot if they, I follow the, um, of course, all the stars align, but right, yeah, it's, it'll be tough. Yeah. Um. So I take so pressing is obviously your favorite event. Um. What would you say is your your weakest event? Hmm. Um. So lately, through throwing, um, has been a pretty tough, and like that's where I lost the, I would lose the most points when it comes to um just compared to the other events so like for instance i'll do either like podium or better on like uh, like pressing or deadlifting events or yoke events and then when it comes to throwing um like I, if i get like mid pack or above average that's like a good day and then but lately i've had that if i was gonna lose points that's where i lose the most points um and that's something i've been kind of working at but it's also a relatively new event not something that i get, had the chance since i've been competing for a while i've, I've been able to put kind of many hours of training and like, of course, farmers and log pressing axles and stones. And um, of course, some of the other kind of traditional implements, but throwing just didn't come back into the scene until like 2018. It was more popular probably before I started in 2012. So um, I'm still kind of catch, catching up along with like the other competitors and just uh, what makes me a good uh, presser doesn't make necessarily make me a good thrower. So I like short arms um, and of course, long appendages and all, or long legs, I should say. So that's not the great, greatest recipe for um, a thrower. Again, you, of course, the long lanky arms are generally a little better, but again, I, I think it's something I can work on. I think I have a, a pr pretty good idea as to kind of how to combat it and hopefully make it one of my strengths. And then I'll have, I'll have no areas of, um no areas of weakness right and then yeah is it is it just the height of you know the toss that gets you or is it like the weight of the sandbag or, or you know like even in my run at um osg uh the first three bags were great i don't know if i could have done really any better it was just like i once um once i get tired or hit a wall i kind of hit a wall so it's almost like my like my work capacity when it comes to throwing could be better and i think I do a lot of work, I do a lot of throws, but I don't do enough assistance workouts to make my throws better. Like if that's more being proactive and when it comes to like jumping or other explosive movements, mm -hmm. I think I got to find those good accessory workouts that I put that I would put towards throwing like I do on a yoke walk or on a farmer's carry. Um, I have like certain accessory movements that I know if I do them uh, with or on a different day or in the same training cycle, I know that it's going to improve. Um, my that event come game day so i haven't quite made that same connection with throwing yet so it's something that's it, again it's, it's a work uh how was your experience at osg oh that, that, of course great time um that was uh, technically that's like my uh fourth worlds um so three times that lens has hosted and of course every time is a, uh, of course um it's always a very good time there's a lot of, of course, different uh, countries represented and um, a lot of competitors. So, of course, you get to see all of them. Um, but Daytona Beach being warm was was pretty neat. It would be cold in the um, in the evenings. And then um, 
the, the of course the, the days were long so you get there at 10 sometimes you're there from like six or seven but of course you're going through 11 weight classes so that, that made it pretty difficult but um but it was um by like day two and day three i was really well fed especially after the weight cut so i was really kind of rowing back um uh, but it was a, yeah it was, a, it was a great production um it was a, it was a fun contest to compete in and it really came down to the end so if 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 I did what I was supposed to do on the sandbags, it would have been that much close, but uh, I made it as close as, it po as possible, but I'm glad I was able to kind of stick it out. But those are kind of like the moments that you put, kind of put yourself into. And uh, of course the great ones always come out victorious. And that was kind of what I was kind of thinking. I was like, I gotta, if, if I want to be great, I gotta, I gotta really gotta pull this one out. Yeah. So I mean, with the, the long wait times in between events going through all the weight classes, I mean, how do you just kind of keep warm, kind of keep focus? I mean, obviously, keep with the food. Yeah. So first, yeah, first thing is first time is just kind of, um, kind of start get like your heart rate down. So kind of like so take kind of take a break, take a seat, um, and then I start with the food, um, and then try to put your legs up if you can, um, and then once once the next event is kind of close, you start doing maybe some stretches, some activation. Um, then you maybe maybe like kind of warm up some other the other extremities, and then you maybe touch the bar, touch the log, and then you touch the implements, and then maybe do one or two, one or two or three good sets, and then it's, and then it's go time. But you have to almost think about like you're warming up like for two separate workouts within that day because that's pretty much what it is. Um, so it's so I was planning on. To, to, I had like a kind of list, like when I generally would type the notes in my phone, but um, I had those lists of like, well, I need to do for those warm ups for depending on which event I was going into. Does your body get stiff at all? Just kind oh, of absolutely. With that long time, just uh, well, not so much the long in between the days, um, because it's a little different from doing a contest. You have like six events or five events all in one day. You're super you're super sore the next day, but going through the events that day, you don't, the soreness doesn't necessarily carry over because it's pretty fresh. You're just a little fatigued. Um, a lot of times you, you get, like, you know, I woke up the day after doing the car yoke, um, like, oh man, that really kind of messed my back. But luckily they had um, good uh, PTs and um, chiropractors right on site. So that was able to get like lined up almost after every event. Um, but yeah, that of course it really took a lot. Um, of course those events did really take a lot. Oh, um, but yeah, but to answer your question, yeah, definitely some stiffness in between the events. Yeah, I mean, I know when I compete, like typically after the second event, my back, my low back is just stiff, and that's pretty much the rest of the competition just figuring out how to how to keep it loose and whatnot for going. I mean, up here, I mean, you have probably have three people per weight class, uh, so it goes pretty quick. And uh, so just trying to stay loose, I know for for me is a is a big thing. Well, you're, you're gonna go. You're gonna be at nationals. Generally, there's gonna be there's 250, 300 competitors at, at USS Nationals. So you'll you'll experience kind of like the longer wait times. And, yeah. You no, know, it's kind of like the same setting. Kind of um, like track meet ish. Yeah, I, I competed at Oregon Feats of Strength. Right. Um, what 2019, and that I think that capped out at 100 competitors. That that had a little weight in it, and they had some you know, PTs and some Kairos there that kind of worked on me in the middle and that was nice just kind of staying loose um but i imagine nationals is just a whole nother game yeah it, it's just and that you, you almost have to be in that game that um 
mindset or that game uh, mindset for six, seven hours. So that sometimes is the difference between athlete to athlete. Some of them can handle, of course, those long breaks and kind of know how to kind of pace themselves throughout the day and their energy. Because a lot of it's trying to, you want to peak the right energy. You don't want to take too much pre-work out in the beginning, or you don't want to rile yourself up um, and then being too far away from when you actually compete. So it's really understanding when you need to warm up, when you need to get your energy uh, up, and, up and running. So that makes, I think that's the difference between some of like the amateur or novice competitors and some of the uh, more experienced or even like pro competitors is being able to kind of pace yourself through those long days um, and get and be, be peaked and be ready when it's time to compete. So like, I think just a understanding what you, what you need to do, be warm and ready per event. Uh, so for OSG, you and Loy, Justin, mm-hmm. just, uh, Justin, my boy, my yeah, boy, Loy. Yeah, Justin, we uh we all kind of started around the same time up mm-hmm. here. Me, Justin, Dan, John. Um, I mean, how is it competing with him and him kind of just being on your heels the whole yeah, day? Yeah, that yeah. So that's my third competition with Justin. Um, so far, I think I'm three and zero against Justin, uh, but I think I could p- potentially be holding off uh, a monster of of tomorrow. Um, I think he has a, a lot of the intangibles, and he has kind of that um, genetic or kind of that build that is, um, I think, a little more rare. So Justin can do some items that uh, some competitors can't. Like, of course, he's like he was great on the drag because those really long legs. Um, of course, like moving events like Yoke because he's really good at. Um, and even when I first competed against him, and, and this was the America's Strongest Man in 2020, he he didn't train it and he won the arm over arm truck pull. Uh, but he has just such long arms and such long legs. And that's that sometimes will beat strength or talent like any day, just like having the, not, that natural, those natural levers. So um, as long as he can make weight and he can do job cutting, cutting and then refeeding, he's as long he's just, I think he's going to be even better. And I think it's going to be in the future. He's going to be very hard to hold off. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not surprised if Justin's going to be uh, America's strongest man or, or world strongest man in the future. So I think he's right there, but I think he's still maybe could be one or two years away. Do you think he's your biggest competition in the one Oh five class or? It, 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 it's day to day. That almost changes like week per week. Um, because there's like a whole tier of guys. Um, you have guys like Tommy Sharp, you have guys like Richie Muchigamba. Um, uh, so those are the, the two and three from Clash. Um, Jeffrey Dibbs and James Deffenbog were the two and three from America's Strongest Man. And also you have Chad Kern, who was actually who ended up beating beating Justin. So all those guys are almost like on that same similar tier to Justin. Um, James is probably the most accomplished out of those. Um, all those individuals, he's probably the most like notable podiums out of all those guys. Um, so those, all those guys, are, I would say they're pretty good, I think pretty good competitors. And then if we talk about other Americans, while we're, while we're on the subject, um, guys like Michael Congdon, um, I think he's like very similar, um, I would say ability to that of like Justin. I think he beat Justin in the Super Series like two months ago, but he was, Justin was a little banged up, but still it was a, it was a good win for Mike. Uh, but Mike was even banged up in that one too. Um, and then um, you guys, ha- you have guys like um, 
right now you have a you have Adam Dirks coming down from the heavyweights. Um, he of course is a, a great athlete, but it's he's he hasn't had too many 105 kilo competitions in the last like five years or so. He he did them like back when, so we'll, it'll be that'll be interesting. I think he could be in that mix with of course all those guys I just mentioned um, and fighting for of course a podium spot. Um, and and then depending on and then just back, just back on Adam if he stays consistent in the sport he, yeah he could be fight he could be probably one of my main competitions as well uh, but I, I would say all those guys mentioned um, are, are in there you have Dan Hughes of course you have our boy Dan Hughes he's um, of course he's a great talent as well just winning nationals um, ty, guys like Tyler Young um, Josh Isley. Uh, and, and there's there's a there's a four four or five more. Even my training partner Michael Connor, um, he's a uh, someone to kind of watch out for too. So, um, like last year, we I think I would want to say like relatively the class was pretty deep to to I would say to an extent. I think next year's gonna be it's got even like twice depth kind of increased by two, twice as tenfold. So um, it would be pretty exciting next year with everybody coming out. Um, but all uh, I, I mentioned a lot of guys, but again, back to like all the guys that podium uh, from this year. Those are, I think, those are also be the guys to watch for next year. You you mentioned you know cutting weight the you know the competitors that cut weight. How I mean, how big of it is to cut weight? Um, how much does that take out of your you know your your strength? Um, uh, you know, if 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 done if done correctly, um, you can almost get back to normal and to a point where you're hitting PRs um, the next day. I'm just, yeah, sorry. I'm just trying to get my sound um, up. Uh, just give me two seconds. All right, there we go. I can hear better. Yeah. So for, um, let's just say for the log, for instance, um, I had to cut weight for that, but I ended up hitting a 40 pound, 42 pound competition PR um, for, for that particular lift. Um, but I executed the weight cut correctly. If you if you don't execute it correctly, so if you miss the water load, or if you cut from too high of a um, a weight, or if you just don't do a good job in terms of the, the refeed and getting the salt into you, then um, you're gonna feel it the next day. So it all really depends how well you execute the weight cut, and if you did a responsible weight cut too. Um, but in the past, I, I would feel maybe I, I can only get back to like 90, 90%, 92% of what I, of like what my regular strength was, because uh, I would say, let's just say eight to 10% uh, of my strength got shrunken because of the weight cut. Um, I think now I've just been able to optimize it so well that it's, uh, it's, it's like a strength or even a, um, an advantage over other competitors that are going, are cutting weight just because I've done it. I just, I know what it, what it feels, what I need to feel to be a hundred percent out there on the, on the field. How uh, how soon do you start your water cut? For uh, so the water cut is like a week, one week out. Um, my, I also I generally like to diet to like two hundred, like anywhere between two forty five and two forty eight. One week out, that's like my goal weight. Um, anywhere between two forty nine and two fifty two. Two weeks out. Um, so that's like kind of like what I like to, I like to diet. I'll diet too if I, and I don't get it as, he, as heavy as like over 255. Um, but this year I might try to cut from one or two pounds heavier. So maybe one week out, I might cut from like 250. But um, we'll see. I really I haven't planned that far, but I was thinking maybe try to do a bit bigger cuts this year. Is that uh, where you normally sit around like the 250s? 
yeah so that's that's generally kind of even where i walk around at um but i'm gonna try to get a little bigger this off season and then hopefully and then a week out oh i want to cut from like 250 or maybe like 249 i think that would be an appropriate cut and maybe a little bigger than some of my other contests uh tsunami bar uh i mean that thing just looks cool when i've seen like your training videos uh i mean what's what's so different about that compared to like maybe a bamboo bar or just a regular bar yeah yeah um so for the bamboo bar i, I always feel the bamboo bar when it comes almost um not the oscillation up and down but it's almost shaking you um back and forth where the tsunami bar is going to be again going to be more a little more vertical when it comes to like the oscillation um but i've just it's, it's hard it's always hard to describe when you, you compare it to a regular bar um but certain parts of the lift are going to be harder compared to a regular bar so like that dip you have especially when the weight comes crashing up onto you and even pressing it off there's if you like, if you're, let's just say we're using the application of pressing or jerk or, or uh, push jerking or split jerking. Uh, when you, of course, push that weight, that feeling of like uh, weightlessness that you normally feel on a split jerk on a jerk is a little more extended and a little more kind of pronounced. So um, if you're trying to teach yourself how to push yourself under the bar, um, there's a little more um, room for that when, uh, of course, on the tsunami bar, given the, the flop. And then when you're, when you're trying to catch the tsunami bar, that, that's generally much more difficult compared to catching a regular bar that same weight, just because that weight wants to kind of crash down on you rather than kind of all the force coming down on you too. So it's not only trying to catch crashing, but it's also trying to kind of curve around, um, again, your hand, your access points or your hands. Um, so, for the most part, um, I love it for speed work. I love, I love it for technique training, uh, but also it's uh, great for stability and kind of core training. So um, it just it's a it's a great tool, and it, it'll never replace like an axle or a, a regular bar. But I generally will use it as like a uh, a secondary or third uh, main exercise during the day. So I'll do like a, I'll do my log pressing, then I'll do I'll do my tsunami bar work. Uh, but I just found it as a great tool, especially for stuff that I like to do. I like to be athletic. So I is definitely a great, like athletic trainer if per se. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you feel like it helps with your, with your pressing just, just better than kind sure. of. Sure. Does it kind of all those items I mentioned, plus even like form, um, form technique and like form recognition. Um, if you're, if you're compared to a regular bar, if you did a certain amount of weight, and your form was off, you'll, you'll get humbled more by the tsunami bar than compared to a regular bar. Um, so because the movement won't work and you'll either, let's just say again, that the pressing is, is the easiest. If you dip too much with your knees, you're going you're gonna to get shaken off um, and, and stumble backwards. So you, it's really going to force you to, to have a good bend in your hips and good bend in your knees and keeping that bar path as straight as possible uh, up and down. So um, it's, it's definitely, it, def it definitely helps. And something I've been using since 2015, um, so, I mean, any injuries, the shoulder, that's kind of, you know, slowed you down a bit or, I, or I, do you just kind of say, I've had a little, oh, fuck it. I've had like a little bicep tendon issues, um, over the years, but nothing, um, nothing that was, uh, that made me stop or not compete. Um, and, and you're always going to get a little, little knickknacks here and there. Um, uh, but relatively in my strongman career, I've never really had any major injuries. I, I retore my meniscus that I tore from wrestling. Um, back in 2000 and 
uh, nine, but overall, um, yeah, I've been pretty, I've been pretty healthy. And that's, I think I give, and I give kind of credit to that through my kind of recovery protocols, um, every other week or week. So I try to do like massages, chiropractors, go to the PT, um, go to, go to the sauna. Um, I like doing ice recovery or, um, cryo or anything along those lines, but it's not as generally as, uh, accessible or convenient to go to, um, or do that. So that's the only thing that's kind of missing in that sense. But the other four I do pretty regularly. This summer I injured my, my shoulder. Um, I was doing a log press and I tore, did a partial tear in my biceps tendon, my labrum and my rotator cuff all in one. Um, two months later at a competition, just one arm in it. And that was, that was rough. Yeah, what you want? Was the what was the press? Was it a circus dumbbell? Or it was a uh, it was a log. It was a log. Yeah, you can't one arm log except if you're the one arm, um, the one arm monster. What's or is the one one arm power power um, gentleman out of Ohio? Um, yeah, because I, I kind of do it's in between like a split jerk and a push press. Okay. Um, I call it a kickstand because only I only have one leg moving; the other one just kind of stays stationary. Yeah. Um. And that that just ruined me. Uh, I'm I, I pull, pulling up one of the the videos. Uh, it's interesting. It's uh, it's similar to what um, my one of my body buddies uh, starting out from California, uh, Tom Unuzi, kind of used to do because he only he would just kind of do like a power in between like a power jerk and um, a kind of a split jerk um, item. But yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, you, yeah. Footwork is pretty important um, when it comes to the, the split jerk, and I think that's something that gets gets overlooked. Um, now, w- did you have like an Olympic lifting background, or did you just start doing split jerks because of um, just what, what you what you seen in the sport? So it, it kind of started in high school. We had a uh, Olympic lifter come in and kind of teach us how to lift for football, um, and he did the split jerk, and I could just never move both my feet at the same time. So I was just kind of moved one kind of, uh, cause I played line and it was kind of like a, a kickback, uh, like a tackle kickback as you know, how I refer to it as, and that's just, it just kind of stuck with me forever. But I, uh, if you know what, uh, it's, it, it there's, there's the actual move in the feet. It is tough because, um, it, you got to think of it more of a kind of like a slide, so of course, for you and your listeners, um, if you ever get in the split motion, you kind of pull the bar. If you hold the bar around your head, so if yeah. you're sitting right here, and then you get on your tippy toes, and then focus on not jumping into the split stance, but actually sliding your feet into the split stance. That's I would say most of the different. That's all the difference um, in terms of getting the feet in the right place, and it'll be a lot smoother. Um, I would say transition than kind of jumping your jumping your feet. Um, into that into that area, but I was just but also I was just watching your axle as well too. Um, it helps. It helps if you try. If I think you're still kind of looking up at the at the weight. If you focus your uh, if you focus on the kind of looking forward or looking kind of through, it, it forces your head through. So it's also easier to lock out as well. So just a tip for again you and your you and your listeners. Yeah, I mean I'll take it. Any advice you got, I'll take it. Uh, and you just signed with SBD, right? This yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, so that's, um, yeah, I was talking to them around kind of around like America's strongest man time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's something that's, um, 
always kind of been on my mind and of course kind of like a good apparel sponsor um and i always like they always bring on like the top athletes from either powerlifting olympic lifting uh yeah I say some they have some olympic lifters uh but of course all the top strong man in terms like zadrunas and shivlakov and evil singleton um novakov so i'm like all right i kind of want to be part of this network part of these part of this crew so um and of course they have great gear um and i love their kind of like the lever belt um but yeah that was that was exciting when they of course asked me um and yeah so so far so good and obviously your dog likes it too well yeah absolutely <laughs> of course she gets she gets a few few, few gears a few shirts so yeah she, she appreciates it yeah uh would you ever go up in weight class to compete with those guys like novikov and singleton mm-hmm. and you know, it's funny. Uh, I've had a, you know a couple conversations about that, so I got a chance to talk to like Colin and Bryce recently on the phone. Um, I I talked to um, Big Lows over a podcast as well, um, and I've always kind of thought about it. But I, I've also I in just a little kind of going back a little of my kind of history. Uh, like I won my pro card in like 2016, and, and I or 2015, and I've been competing at America's Strongest Man uh, since 20. 16 um but it pretty much took me like six years to get to the point where i am now if i went up a weight class it might take me even though i'm a pro right now it might take me another three or four years to get to a pretty competitive level to maybe where i'm like maybe top five or top four if i'm competing every day plus all the all like the of course the risks of like gaining weight and becoming a bigger human and all um so for the most part um i think what i I think what it's going to look like kind of going in the future is that i'll probably be a forever 105 kilo that occasionally does a heavyweight contest uh when asked or have the proper about i think i can i could jump in and kind of roll around with the big big heavyweights but i can only do that if i have like a nice 12 week prep otherwise um I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably good for like one good contest, every heavyweight contest, but yeah, I'll probably be doing, I'll have more longevity if I focus on 105 kilo. Uh, yeah, I think it would be great to see you with the, with the big guys. Oh, I think I'll, I'll be in the mix one day. Maybe I'll do like, I'll have to like, I'll do like the slow game, but I'll jump in every once in a while, but, but we'll see. But yeah, but of course, like, I think it's, but it's pretty important to me to be, to like kind of either like repeat as America's strongest man, class champions, world's strongest man, keep adding those titles along with like other different titles out there um, that are, are from other federations, like even like over, overseas. So um, even just going back to Russia and maybe winning that contest, that would be, um, I, w- I would say a, b- a big, great accomplishment for me. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, of course, it, what it has in store for those contests. Yeah. I mean, would you compete in the open at OSG? In that open class or you know there's, there's a lot of great guys um you know it, it is tough because yeah the top three did get a giants live invite but the flip side is that there's no really kind of like prize money attached um to, to that um so it's a little bit for kind of like the glory and kind of like the sacrifice um if i'm gonna do osg i would rather just keep racking up world titles than jump into the open right if i had to choose one or the other right um so I think maybe some other, there's a, there'll be other avenues for me to kind of, to maybe compete heavyweight. Um, but I don't think I want to commit to being a heavyweight. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. So, but I think I can still do pretty well, even if I was 250, 260 with the right amount of time, but sometimes you don't get that time, get that time. But again, it's something that I'll just, if I can just keep getting better and maybe the people will demand it. Uh, just going to some questions from the, the Instagram. Ooh, cool. Um, 
What's the best way to get stronger without increasing your body weight too much? Best way without increasing your body weight. Um, so then you get a little more into kind of like the rep ranges. So focusing on instead of like maybe like five to eight reps, um, you maybe focusing, especially like your, let's say your bench squat deadlift days or the, if these are kind of like ready, like squat, like a strongman focus programmers. Um, so probably decreasing the rep range and increasing intensity or weight would probably be a good way or a good place to start. Oh, and, but, but also if they don't have probably technique, probably technique. I think that's something that gets overlooked in the sports strongman. I think you can, I made just huge PRs, just tech, just tweaking technique in the beginning of a prep or a contest prep. So I think that's something that, especially right now we're going to December. There's not a lot of competitions between now, January, February, for at least for most of us. So this is a great time to kind of reevaluate uh, on the year and what you work at when you're weakest at and learn some new techniques. I'm, I'm going to learn some new techniques this, this off season. So um, I think that's what I would suggest in terms of getting stronger without putting on body weight. Can you brief us on your diet? Diet? Uh, I'm pretty vertical, similar to um, Stan Anfordan's vertical diet. So he does a lot of like steak and rice, uh, sweet potato, um, of course, big on salt, salting all the meals and all. Um, but I'll, he's not a huge person on fish and chicken, but I kind of add that in, but I'm, I'm pretty heavily on, um, on steak or beef, bison, um, uh, in terms of meats and then carb, carb sources, again, potatoes, rice, oats, um, uh, and of course a lot of fruits and veggies, ideally fruits and veggies. I, vegetables are probably the hardest thing I, t I, I, I try to get taken. I, I do pretty good with my fruits when I'm really, um, in training mode, but, um, but again, to answer the diets. It's, it's pretty vertical, but the, the, but even like the, even the meals, like the walking after each meal, I think that's also, that's, that's probably one of his, probably his best tip. Um, especially if to be hungry for that next meal, if you're eating like four or five meals, um, on that day, like kind of walking, I generally would, that's when I walk, um, my, or of course my miniature dachshund, um, or at least try or just move, get moved around after each meal. I think that's, that was a huge difference when it came to, just um again my everyday life was adding those walks in uh can you explain your dog's name on instagram world's the world's strongest wiener so <laughs> uh so of course she's a miniature dachshund um and she entered a strong a competition of all dachshunds one day and she won, was victorious so she that's why she's the world's strongest uh um, no she did she didn't she didn't have to compete for the name but if she has to she will um but we actually um we, I think in, I came up with that name in like 2019 um, because that's when we decided that we wanted a dachshund, but I always thought that would be something funny, but it, yeah, we ended up getting her um, in April of 2020. Um, and of course she, she loves the gym and she, she, she embraces the name every day. That's a dope name. <laughs> uh, I understand you're a fan of all you can eat sushi. How much sushi can you put Ooh. down? Ooh, absolutely. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I have, we haven't, I haven't done, I forget if like, hmm, I think I did like two, like if like if me and a buddy, we did like 10 or 10 or 12 rolls. So it'd be like six rolls each. Um, but that's, that's hard. That's hard to estimate because there's also like specialty rolls. They have the extra stuff or a little bigger, like or six to eight rolls. But um, yeah, generally um, I would say that 
spending like anywhere between like a hundred hundred dollars to like a hundred fifty dollars in sushi on a night is not a is is pretty normal. Uh, we have two spots up here. That's all you can eat sushi, and it's thirty two dollars. Oh, really? Each spot, and it's I mean they're huge rolls. Um, I mean they're probably around eight nine inches long, probably about three inches in diameter. Wow. I mean they're they're huge rolls. And yeah, but imagine the fish bite must be really fresh and pretty good. Too. Uh, it's it's decent in the summertime. Uh, wintertime it gets a little little iffy, but summertime like the fish is great salmon's good halibut um is it true you had your own move your own wrestling move in college oh wrestling oh wow it must must be uh um of course some some of my my collegiate friends i'm actually gonna see a few of them uh tomorrow um but i had the there was a move coming off the switch was it called the the leg roll but they changed it into the 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 crab rangoon because that's of course that was one of my favorite foods um of course when i was when i was wrestling um but the leg roll was like a a night is all the jersey guys said it was a dirty move or kind of like a garbage move but it always tricked it it wouldn't necessarily work on like the lighter weight classes anywhere between like 103 to like 160 because they would just like go get back into a re-switch and um and, and then do that to you but um on the heavy on the on the heavyweight guys or, or guys that i was wrestling they would always drop their hip so you just throw that leg roll over and then you throw in the vines and there and you have an automatic pin um more times than not or you get back points so it was always a reversal and back point so it's either you get like a four or five point move or you pin them so it was always a great move to catch a lot of people and in, in something i perfected but yeah they called it the the crab rangoon but it was really called a leg roll <laughs> and speaking of the crab rangoon how many can you put down in one sitting so my best is 28 there you go. that was in, that was in, that was in college so it's I've, I've been a little scared to, since because i did because i had a tummy ache the next day <laughs> as you can imagine uh would you be would you rather be really strong but fat or really weak and super cut well, probably, probably if we're yeah i'll probably Probably strong and fat because now I could now I'd just be a regular strong man, right? There you go. <laughs> you gotta have that power belly. Yeah, I just wouldn't be a a, a two a, a two thirty one strong man. Yeah. Um, I mean that's all I got for you, Nick. Oh, um, those are pretty, those are pretty fun questions. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I mean you were my first interview. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy. Of course, yeah. Of course, this is always fun, and of course, best of luck um, in your training. And yeah, hopefully, maybe I'll get a chance to meet you out in uh, at U.S. Nationals. I'm I'm fifty fifty of where I'm going. I haven't planned that far yet, but if I always, I think there's going to be a competition around that time too. So okay, uh, clash. I'll let you know, uh, clashes in April, April twenty second. So that will be my next contest. Um, is that the uh, the first of the series? So that so that one is going to that's the finals. So okay, this, so this is this is the main show and then this then this and then of course the super series lead up to this clash so this is going to be this the second one so the so the series was of course new from this year so that's like the new qualifying process and they started with four locations this year and then next year is probably going to be like six locations domestically maybe a few a few of them abroad so it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool yeah yeah it's a cool concept Absolutely. Um, but again, yeah, Michael, but of course, Michael, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the AK Strength Pod. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at the underscore AK Strength Pod and leave us a review and we will see you next time.